With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like good old-fashioned smash-mouth football, right? This is the Roundtable Show, presented by the Greater Cincinnati Ford Dealers, live from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park. Brought to you in part by Yingling Lager. Spread your wings. Stone Statements. Bring your dream kitchen to life. StoneStatements.com. Performance Kings Honda. They'll put a smile on your face. Every customer, every vehicle, every day. CullenElectricCincinnati.com. Cullen Electric. Wiring for today's world. Miami Valley Gaming. Get ready to get lucky at Miami Valley Gaming, the healthcare management group, providing greater care for greater Cincinnati. Mixco Plumbing. Don't go to the average Joe. Call Mixco. Skyline Chili. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. Lycans Energy Solutions. Powered by Life. Belterra Park. One amazing place to play. And by the greater Cincinnati Ford dealers. Ford, go further. <laughs> This is 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. And away we go, 606 on 700 WLW. We are live from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park. If it's a Thursday night and it's 6 o'clock, it must be two hours of all things Bengals, NFL, and college football. I'm Lance McAllister. He would be Rocky Boyman, eight years as an NFL linebacker, the possessor of a Super Bowl ring, and we are ready to rock and roll tonight. We've got two hours to get it done. We've got a great crowd here tonight. Some of those rock may be here to see Chris Stapleton, but i got to believe most are here to see yeah, us. At least 80% are here to see us, but yeah. Now, great I, crowd tonight. Before we go any further, and we've got cool prizes we're going to give away, and we've got the, the Bengals to work through, and some other NFL notes, and some college football will travel Rockies Road. And we've got prizes we're going to give away tonight. Our friends at Yingling always provide a cooler and a nice prize pack we give those away throughout the show if you're at it about stop by have some dinner and enjoy the football tonight let me let me paint a picture though rock of how dedicated they are to our cause here and the lengths they will go to to satisfy in tonight's case you <laughs> as each week we, we enjoy a very nice meal a kind of a, a pre-show yes, yes. meal i had uh, the I, I had the salmon and the um was it say yeah salmon and, and double vegetables this week and you opted to go off the board and go old school. And you said, you know, a year ago, you know, Burger Brothers is, is right down right, just right around there. the corner yeah. here at yeah. Fantastic Burgers. And we had a killer uh, Burger Brothers burger. And so you said, I think I want to get that burger. You did not know the name of the burger. No, nor did you. Nor did I. You looked and did not initially see that particular burger on the Burger Brothers menu. Yet I, the resourceful one, found a our blog post at 700wlw.com on my page which happens to have a picture of said burger from a year ago they ended up taking my laptop with the picture of the burger walking it down to burger brothers to show the chef and say could you please replicate yeah. this burger for rocky boyman First of all, this is, I mean, of all the great broadcasting days you've had, yeah. this is maybe the, the best, single best thing you've ever done, at least with me. Oh. You went above and beyond. I did. 
Because I wanted place, to help Belterra went above and beyond. Yeah. To give me that. All for that you. Was, you had that thing last year. I did. Unbelievable. I don't know the name of it. It was a year ago. It's like a BLT I burger. I, I don't, I, but I wasn't describing it correctly. But and, you brought and, the picture and, out. And, Bam. People are going to think we're joking. No, they physically took my laptop yeah. with the web page, the blog page of the burger, walked it down into the kitchen to the chef at Burger Brothers and said, if you could, please replicate this burger for Rocky Boyman. He is doing it at this very moment. There you go. All right. That's impressive. All right. We have... A 3-1 and one football team to discuss. They have six of their next eight at home now at Paul Brown Stadium. And can I, w- would you agree with this, 3-1 and one to me is gravy because I thought I thought this team would, at the start of the season, with what they were facing, with Vontez Burfick being gone, I thought 2-2, two and two, get, get to 2-2, two and two, and then you can have a chance to do some work. 3-1, right. and one, I don't know how anybody could be upset at 3-1 and one at this no, point. No, I mean, especially with this team's played. Now, obviously, the defense has a lot, uh, a lot of strides to make, particularly in the third down category, but I, I personally think these last two games is the best two games in a row I've seen Dalton play in his entire career. I think maybe... In year eight, he, I just don't know if he's at a point where maybe he's seen every defense, he's seen every scheme, he's seen every coverage. He just looks relaxed. He has weapons behind him. He has an offensive line that could be doing better, but not awful. And he looks a little more relaxed. I think he's playing fantastic. And you know, the you know, we get Mixon back here soon. This week we get Vontez Burfick. So this is very, very positive. Three and one right now. Take it. Rock, here's what impresses me. And to your point of Andy looking relaxed and so comfortable, remember, this is a, yes, it's the same offensive coordinator, but it's a new offense. It's the fully installed Bill Lazor offense now this year. And how many times have we said this? It looks like it fits Andy like a glove. And there is, you know, and, and I, here's what jumped out to me. Monday night I talked with A.J. Green, and I asked him about that final drive. And he said, if you're wondering how we felt on that final drive, Andy was cracking jokes in the huddle, and the guys during stoppages were dancing to the music in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Confidence. That's how relaxed and comfortable and confident this team is. I, right I, I've said this this week, but I remember the the first game versus Indianapolis. Right, they they win that game. That, that game, every Bengals fan was probably like, "Here we go." Andrew Luck drives down the yep. field. They put it in the end zone, and we lose. But the team made a play. Clayton Fedgelum made a play, turnover, return, touchdown, and and I was like, "That that's those kind of things are what gives a team confidence." Gives the team confidence when inevitably another time of the year, they're late yep. in the game, they say, hey, we can win this game. We're going to win it. We've done it before versus years past of, oh, God, who's going to screw this up and we're going to lose. So I, I think that, to your point there, with that kind of confidence and the relaxed nature of, look, man, we can do this. We've done this before. I, I think that speaks volumes, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be called upon again later as the season no goes. No question. But, but that was fantastic. And to, to take that even a, a step further in that adversity, and we talked early in the season about that becoming part of your DNA, that final drive to win the game, they were without John Ross. They're already without Mixon, of course, who wasn't even playing. Uh, Giovanni Bernard was not available on the final drive after that first couple of plays. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Eifert had suffered the horrific injury earlier in the game. And yet, on that final drive, Alex Erickson made a catch. C.J. Uzama made a catch. Boyd made a bunch Boyd of catches. Boyd made four catches. And he threw to him six times on the final drive. He caught four of them. But that diversity. And then A.J. caps it off with the game when he drives. But on a final drive, when you trust Alex Erickson and C.J. Uzama and you convert two fourth downs, that's when you grow up as a football team. No, there's, there's no question about it. And I, I just think he looks comfortable in the scheme. It's Lasers. You know, it's, it's, it's his total offense. Last year when he comes on, 
you know, partway through the season. He can't do exactly what he wants to do. They haven't had time to practice it and install it and all that. So I think we're starting to see the fruits of that and the fruits of the relationship between he and Dalton. Two, uh, two more points on Andy Dalton that jumped out this week. Bill Lazor has called him a, a flatliner, and, and that is his emotion is it's, it's a flatline. It's not crazy jumping all over the charts. It's not really high. It's not really low. It's not scrambling around like all oh, hell is breaking loose. It's not down to the dumps. Uh, how important is it? I know you were a defensive player, but I think you can still relate to it, to have somebody that key in what's going on who's simply a flatline of emotion like, Everything's fine. It's everything. All those movies were like the player, especially the defensive guys, like all nuts and crazy. That's that's <laughs> phony. That, that that guy never makes a play in a key moment, right? Because he's losing his mind. In those big moments, a team, especially an offense like that, needs their leader in particular to be a guy who's just calm, cool, collected, steadfast, face of adversity, the whole thing. That's exactly what you want. You don't want a guy in there, you know, banging helmets and headbutting people and all that. That doesn't. That never works. And, and if other guys, especially younger players, are a little bit nervous and a little bit anxious, a calming presence like that is is just everything. One more element uh, to what Bill Lazor said, and Andy has six interceptions. And we talked last week how people who didn't wa- haven't watched Andy look and say, "Well, he's got six interceptions," and yet four of those came in a game where you know, John Ross cuts off the route and there's deflections. And, and Bill Lazor said the thing, one of the things that impresses him about Andy Dalton, he he doesn't care about the stats. He said, and I think Dave Lapham asked him, how do you deal with numbers when your quarterback's got six interceptions and not have him factor that in and worry about that? And Bill said he doesn't care about stats. He won in high school. He won in college. He's won here. Whatever it takes, Andy is accepting of it may be him sometime. It may be others sometimes. But in the end, if he throws for 199 and they win, that's all that matters. The win in the end, it doesn't matter what Andy does. And, and to be able to dismiss negative stats and not, not – be driven by the positive stats that that's gold for a quarterback i mean mean, lance especially in today's world where everybody's about themselves look what i did look at my stats look at my fantasy football numbers all that for him to be at a point in his career and and that i think that happens because he's in his eighth year if he was in his third fourth year i'm trying to prove everybody everything to the world that doesn't happen but i think he's reached a point he knows he's not probably ever going to get just like unbelievably better he knows who he is right he knows he can play better he can do some better things like that so he's not trying but ultimately it's about the team he knows that ultimately a quarterback is judged by how they lead a team and the wins and losses and the playoff victories and things like that so no that's that's really a breath of fresh air all right coming up next we'll uh put the focus on the bengals austin gale of pro football focus is going to join us he's going to join us every uh completion of a quarter of a season after four games midway point and we'll uh, kick around some things some observations and what he sees from this team and what the numbers are indicating from pro football focus he'll do that coming up in our next segment we roll till eight tonight we are at the stadium sports bar and grill at belterra park we call this the round table show it's presented by the greater cincinnati ford dealers and we have a broadcast area they have set up for us each week it is from the acute hearing crystal clear broadcast area we've got prizes to give away Bengals ground to cover, other NFL ground to cover. We've got a killer story we both uh, uh, are kind of excited to talk about from the ringer this week. And how many years have we talked about why the NFL doesn't adapt to what players are doing oh. quarterback-wise, specifically and offensively, out of high school and college, and why do they pigeonhole them and force them into NFL stuff? We're going to spend some time on that an hour from I, now. I can't wait for I this because this is going to be really good. I we're going to talk about 
um, hard-headed coaches. Yep. We're going to talk about people that are resistant to change. Yep. We're going to talk kinda, about the older right. coaches being phased out and the new wave of younger coaches ushering all this era of stuff in. Yeah, and, and the fact that, look, whether we like it or not, that this new – the whole thing of a pro-style offense doesn't exist anymore. Even the most pro of pro-style yes. offenses have – college schemes interwoven and we'll, we'll explain all of it we'll do that coming up uh, at 705 today up next though the focus on the bengals with austin gale of pro football focus it's the roundtable show from the stadium sports bar and grill at belterra park on 700 wlw from the uc health traffic center mammograms save lives schedule your annual mammogram with uc health by calling 584 pink that's 584 pink still dealing with the accident southbound 75 at the western avenue exit involving a car and a motorcycle several lanes are blocked there and you're heavy back to 74 elsewhere things are starting to improve a bit with the exception of the route to uh riverbend due to the concert tonight and the wet roads southbound 471 still a bit busy from grand down to 275 east 275 uh is busy from turkey foot once you come up to uh, 471 it really gets heavy over to the coney bridge north 71 stop and go from Dana to Stewart, and uh, South 75, heavy between Sharon and the lateral. I'm Rob Williams on News Radio 700 WLW. Scattered showers and isolated storms will pass through the tri-state today as a cold front moves through the Ohio Valley. High ends up at 79, but behind the front, it turns cooler and drier tonight with a low of 58. Friday, mostly cloudy high of 78 degrees, but although we start cool, Heat and humidity will be building. From your severe weather station, I'm Nine First Warning Meteorologist Jennifer Ketchmark, News Radio 700 WLW. 6:21 on 700 WLW. It's the roundtable show from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati. Rock, that is a oh massive God. pile of cheese fries down uh, in front of us. I want to change my dinner. Choice. We're gonna have to order those. We are. And how about that? They got a tower of onion rings over here. We haven't ordered too. a tower of onion rings no, before. We'll we have to do that. Uh-oh. Oh, you got oh, tater part of it is here. Oh, stage one. Stage one of my Your, your meal is so display. big tonight. They bring it to you <laughs> in stages. He's Rocky Boyman. I'm Lance McAllister. The uh, Roundtable Show is presented by the Greater Cincinnati Ford Dealers. We do it every week from 6 to 8 o'clock. And uh, I'm excited about this because every week in this segment we talk about the uh, kind of put the focus on the Bengals with uh, the help of our friends from Pro Football Focus. And every four games we're going to do kind of a quarterly check on the season. And to do that we're going to welcome in our, uh, we'll call him our correspondent from Pro Football Focus. He is Austin Gale. Austin, how are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for bringing me up. Great uh, catching up with you. First things first, Rock and I were talking in the last segment about Andy Dalton. Give us give us a little perspective and what the numbers reveal about what has been most impressive about Andy through the first four games of the season. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Andy Dalton is coming off a two-game stretch that could quite possibly be the best two-game stretch of his career. He's Fitting it in the tight windows, he's playing well at the intermediate level from 10 to 19 yards. Fitting it in behind, you know, the shallow zone coverage, covering linebackers in front of the safeties. He's playing well in that area. He's playing well under pressure, and he's been under pressure a lot in these last two weeks compared to the first two weeks. He's making the good decisions, and it's just something we haven't seen from Andy Dalton so consistently in the past. If he can, you know, push this two-game high into a three-game stretch, four-game stretch, that's when we're really going to start to see this Bengals team soar. There's no question about it. Now, another guy, Austin, that everyone's raving about, Tyler Boyd. I, I think everyone can agree that he's having a much better year. He looks comfortable. He looks very confident. What do the numbers say, Austin, in terms of compared to last year, how much better is he doing? 
Kyrie Boyd has definitely seen a big increase in usage. His targets has increased. His snap counts has increased. They're using him in slot and outside. They're definitely playing with him a lot more. He's a lot more comfortable in this offense. And now he's just finally reaping the benefits. Dating back to when he was at Pitt, he was the best receivers at getting open and making plays to get the ball into his hands. And he's finally starting to feel himself in the NFL, catch up to the speed of the NFL. He didn't come out of Pitt as this speedy wideout. He came out of a guy, a smaller possession receiver that relied on his route running ability to kind of beat defenders rather than his pure speed and agility. But now he's just starting to figure it out. And I think, you know, sky's the limit for this kid. I think he's only going to get better. It's great to see that he's already doing it earlier in the season. Austin, this offensive line has had some high points and some low points. They've had some injuries um, to this point, first quarter of the season. Who has their best performer been on the offensive line? You still have to look at Clint Bowling. He went into the season as probably their best offensive lineman, and he still is their best offensive lineman. At left guard, he's playing out of this world. He's easily allowed the fewest pressures of all five guys. And it's mostly, you wish it could be Cordy Glenn. You wish it could be that blindside protector. But yes. in the last two games, he's allowed 14 total pressures. In the first two games, he only allowed two. But in these last two games, 14 total pressures at left tackle. That's not good. And when you combine that with kind of the poor play of Alex Redman and Bobby Hart on the right side, it's an offensive line that's struggling. They need to figure out how to help both their bookends in Hart and, and Glenn if they are going to keep Dalton upright and keep this two-game high going. Austin Gale joining us from Pro Football Focus. Austin, my eyeballs tell me that Geno Atkins is really good at football and he's probably the best, uh, the best Bengals defender. What do the numbers say in terms of the, the most productive defender uh, on this Bengals defense? I can say that your eyeballs are correct. Yes, Atkins nice. is very good at football. I mean, <laughs> making money he so deserves. He's, he's doing a great job so far this year. He leads the NFL among his, at his position at defensive interior in total pressures. He's freaking havoc week in and week out. And with the defense, we know the Cincinnati Bengals defense line came into this season with names to glory. Carlos Dunlap, Carl Lawson, Dino Atkins. It's just so many good names there, and he kind of got lost in the shuffle with everyone kind of focusing on the edge. But now into the season, Geno Atkins reigns true. He's still the best guy on that defensive line. And without him, the defense would be far worse than it is right now. Geno Atkins is single-handedly keeping them in games, and and it's great to see. Austin, from a struggle standpoint of that defense, is there a specific who or what that really jumps out on that defense right now in terms of issues? Yeah, you, you have to look at William Jackson III's regression. Last year he had an outstanding year. He played super well. PFF loved him. He, he was allowing a very low pass rating, very little passes into his coverage, very little yards. And so far this season he's been targeted and he's been letting up a lot. In this last game he allows over 100 yards receiving a touchdown. He had, one of the, he had one of the worst single game grades of his career. And if that trend continues, if he can't, you know, get out of his funk and, and start to play more like what he did in 2017, that's a major concern for a Bengals secondary that has a lot of question marks. Yes, yes, he hates playing out in this world, highest grade, but he's one of the highest grade safeties in the NFL. But Drake Kirkpatrick is up and down, William Jackson regression now. It doesn't look good for that secondary if William Jackson can't be that leader. And, and that's odd, Austin, because, I mean, you all know this. I mean, he had a great camp. I mean, I mean, he was going toe with, toe-to-toe with A.J. Green every day in, in, in fall camp, and you know, I, I know that those those cornerbacks. I mean, they're, they're obviously you got to have a short memory and you got to be very mentally strong to play that position. I just don't know if maybe a little bit of early success and his head's kind of spinning, and then the offense starts to smell the blood in the water and starts going after him. I, I think he's he needs to have a big game, you know, to kind of shut some people down and then kind of get maybe that confidence back. I don't know. 
Yeah, absolutely. You see the same thing kind of happening with Jalen Ramsey. He's not grading out as one of the top cornerbacks to start the season. But fortunately enough, it's a small sample size for both cornerbacks. Both cornerbacks in the past have proven that they can play at a high level. It's only four games. You can definitely rebound moving forward. They've played some tough wide receivers. I think William Jackson can easily turn around. It's not, not the time to sail the ship on him. It's right. just, he's going to be a guy you got to keep an eye on. Is But when he's playing well, his defense is it's astronomically better. But when he's playing in the you know in the gutter, it's a lot harder for the defense to make plays. Austin, last point for those uh, interested in checking out any or all of the services offered by Pro Football Focus. You have a promo code you can pass along to them, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, our best promo code is promo code YouTube. We are pushing our YouTube channel. We have a lot of great content. That promo code alone will get you 25% off any of our Edge or Elite subscriptions, monthly or annual. Definitely get after that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. YouTube's a great one right now. We're that in Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. It's a lot of fun. We're definitely pushing out good video content. Austin, you're the man. Appreciate the insight. We'll talk to you at the midway point of the season. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Austin. Austin. Austin Gale, Pro Football Focus. A uh, couple of things to pull out of there. I'm still struck by William Jackson III because, as, as we discussed, there was so much positive stuff thrown his way last year. We all we had almost through. I think everybody, pro football focus, just fans in general, had kind of anointed him. This is the next shutdown corner in the NFL. Rock, is there something to be said for the league after a year gets tape on you and understands you and you have to, it's it's a game of adjustments. It's the ultimate chess match, is it not, from one year to the next? Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. And that's where, you know, the, the great players kind of figure out what the offense has seen, figure out their deficiency, figure out their weakness, and, and get better at it or change their approach. But, yeah, I think there's some of that. I, I can't point specifically yeah. to what that is about him. Is he, you know, is he turning his hips a certain way? Is he not getting out of his – I don't know. But uh, there's no yeah, – it is odd because, it, you know, yeah, I mean, great year last year, great camp. Everything seemed to be positive. But I, I just know those corners that, you know, they, they have a bad game. It's hard for them sometimes to dig themselves out of it because they're on the island. Everyone, yeah. everyone knows that. So Once that get... seed of doubt is planted, and and I, I don't have the exact order, but I looked it up earlier this week. This is what you need to know to give you perspective on his struggles. Right now, according to the Pro Football Focus rankings in four games, William Jackson the third among the Bengals' corners ranks third. I think it goes Dre. Darquez, and then right. William Jackson. We know Dre has struggled, but context, William Jackson the third is rated below him at this point in the season. Now, to be fair, he didn't go against a bunch of chumps last week that's, or even the week before. True. I mean, he's going that's Julio true. Jones. He's going against Calvin Ridley, yep. Muhammad Sanu. So these are the, the, the best of the best. Yep, Maybe the best T.Y. Three. Hilton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's – and no excuse. You, you know, you want him to – 
you know, perform well amongst those guys, but I think that needs to be at least put in the context a bit. When we continue, let's deal with someone who's been a topic of uh, many conversations over the years, a uh, source of frustration, a source of excitement. We'll uh, deal with the return of Vontez Burfitt. I have a love-hate relationship. With, don't I? I I've, I've been, I've been a roller coaster you, with you are. We'll, we'll years. ride the roller coaster on the Vontez <laughs> Perfect uh, uh, conversation as we continue. Rocky Boyman, Lance McAllister. The roundtable show is from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati. We broadcast in the acute hearing, crystal clear broadcast area, and it's all presented by our friends at the Greater Cincinnati Ford Dealers on 700 WLW. 636 on 700 WLW. It's the roundtable show. We're at the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati place is packed great to see everybody out tonight we remind you live entertainment in the stadium sports bar and grill every friday and saturday night tomorrow night the uh, leroy ellington band at 8 p.m saturday it's uh, dan Werner band at 8 p.m uh, time to review last week's performance kings honda performer of the week per, uh, brought to you by performance kings honda they'll put a smile on your face every customer every vehicle Every day, we'll talk about the man we've talked a lot about tonight, Andy Dalton, 337 yards through the air, three touchdowns, quarterback rating of 109.5, and engineered the game-winning drive, 16 plays, 75 yards to win it in Atlanta. All right, Rock, so uh, this weekend marks the return of one Vontez Perfect. Yeah. He returns from a four-game suspension, suspended for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing substances. It is the fourth consecutive year. This is This is hard to believe. But maybe not. Fourth straight year, the Bengals have started the season without him. One of those was due to injury. Three have been due to suspension. They get him back this weekend. He's practiced the last couple of days. The The sense is he's in decent shape. Um, no reports that he's overweight. No reports that he looks fabulous. I guess with somewhere in the middle of he appears to be in, we'll say, good enough shape. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this because there, there's so many different angles of Vontez Perfect, and we've covered so many of those angles over the years. I called him. I called him last night on Sports Talk the ultimate wild card for this team because I can create all the scenarios where he makes a difference and carries this team to heights we didn't expect, and yet at the same time I can create a scenario where. He creates a lot of problems for this team. And oh, yeah, where it's third down and five, and they get a stop, and he kicks someone in the yes. leg, and they, and they the drive keeps going, they lose. Yeah, yes. it's all over the map. I mean, to, to me, though, I think there, there's two questions. Number one, is he in shape, which you alluded to. It's hard to get in the game shape just running on the field, especially when you're not at the facility every day. Yes. And number two is can he, I mean, uh, this year, uh, above any other year, the – the attention paid to the, you know, aggressiveness and the tackling and the illegal hits and all that, is he going to be able to play within the rules? So yes. Because it's hard for just players that get it yes. to play within yes. the rules. A player that throughout his career has not gotten it, uh, is he going to be able to, you know, get up to speed? Is he going to be able to play within that mindset? It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Rock, I'm, I'm looking at a list today from uh, Jay Morrison in The Athletic, the Bengals beat writer. And since his rookie season in 2013, through this suspension, there are 12 different instances of either fines or suspensions. He has been fined or suspended in the preseason. He's been fined or suspended in the regular season. He's been fined for activities in the postseason. He wow. has forfeited up wow. to $2 million in fines or, or pay, paychecks he didn't receive. And it's, I mean, I, I highlighted them. 
a late hit. He was uh, he was ejected for two late hits. He made contact with an official. He once kicked a player. He once uh, gave fans the middle finger and was fine. He stepped on the leg of a Patriot. He uh, hit Antonio Brown on the head and drew a three-game suspension. He was fined for twisting the ankles of Cam, Cam Newton, Newton yeah, and Greg Olson. He was fined for spearing a Jets player. He was fined for striking uh, Brian, Ryan Taylor in the groin. He's done anything and everything in his time in the league. And I guess as I, I say all that and, and tell you it spans back to 2013, I guess it's really not reasonable. I mean, is it reasonable to think that that far into things he's going to be any no. different than what he is? No, it's not. Because how many times have you and I had this discussion over yep. the past three years about, okay, is it, if he doesn't get it now, he never will, right? And then what yeah. happens? Two or three weeks later, he gets another stupid penalty. And some of them, I admit, are ticky-tacky. But you can either you know, yell and scream about that or you can face the reality. And that is you are he is a marked man, right? The officials yep. the league have said, Watch that guy because he has a tendency to go there. So you're never going to get the benefit of the doubt. He needs to play within that. The the, the, the the tricky part, of course, is maintaining your intensity level, maintaining you know the edge that you play with, and yes. playing the game with a physical nature that this defense needs. Uh, you know, and keeping that while getting rid yes. of some of the silly yeah. stuff. Can he straddle the line without crossing uh, over the line? But, but here, look, I remember saying this last year when I was really upset about kind of his play, and that was. I, I've seen plenty of fierce, competitive linebackers that were really. I've seen plenty of those guys somehow be able to walk that line, and I think he needs uh, to do that. How about Luke Keekley? Right. You can tell me that guy's soft. No, that guy's a guy rip your head off out there. But he does it within the rules. And okay, maybe there's a penalty here and there, but he, he's got to find a way to do it. It's hard because he's played his whole life a certain way. He's being asked to change, but. You know, the, the whole world, every, every any profession you're in, this profession, right, it's adapt or die, right? Yes. You can't do the same things nope. now on radio that you did nope. 10 years ago. It's you got, you got a podcast now. you got to do social media, media. now. You, yeah, you, you, you can, and you can complain about that or you can say, look, this is the reality, and if I want to stay relevant, i got to do that. Yes. He's got to do the same. You know, the last three years, if you go back to 2016, without him, they started 1-2. and two. Last year, without him, they started 0-3. Oh this year, of course, they're, they've got off to a better start than 3-1. But it's that, to me, it's... The uncertain. We we talk about accountability and and being able to as an organization count on a player, and they simply can't. that's the frustrating thing. And that's why I said back at the time of the suspension, I, I'd had enough. I would have just moved on because it would have eliminated the oh, yeah. uncertainty. Yeah, you may have hurt yourself in the short term, but I would have made the case. I would have drafted linebackers in the draft and and tried to address that. Um, I, I look at his level of play just from Pro Football Focus, and how about this up and down. You go back to 2013, he was the 18th highest rated linebacker in the league. The next year, he was down to 80. Next year, he was 31st. 2016, he was number 7. 2017, he was number 28. So that graph is up and down and up and down. It just, I, I just, at his best, I know what he is, but he's not at his best enough to me to make it worth the trouble of everything that comes with it. It's well said, but all, I mean, look, all we can do right now is hope that he comes yes. back and is in shape and gets it. And, and, and hopefully is the spark this team needs. This team is atrocious on third down. Yes. And they need a guy that can say, hey, you make sure you cover this. Hey, remember this tendency, the guys are over here. Make sure we watch for this. They need that person because it's missing right now. Because that's what – and let's tap into that. As, the, as a former linebacker, identify for me. Let's take away suspensions, fines, everything else. At his best, describe Vontez Burfick's assets to this football team and – 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His skill set that makes him, at times, jaw-dropping to watch as a linebacker. I, I think he's the unquestioned leader. He, he's the he's the captain. He's the coach. He's, he's everything. He's the guy that, is, by all accounts and by watching him, he, he knows what the offense is trying to do. I, it's, it's shocking to, to imagine, but... A lot of guys on any defense are just kind of like out there, like kind of guessing or kind of. He knows what the offense is trying yes. to do and and the reason for why they line up in this formation and why is this guard uh, got an extra foot split on this play than he did uh, all that sort of stuff that that that's not easy to come by. He has that. That is what's so frustrating to me is because he has a gift, Lance. He has a gift to play the game and seize the game the way elite quarterbacks see a defense. And it's frustrating because he has that. He has the the thing no one can can get. You can't coach it. You can't teach it. You kind of just have it. And he yell. He's able to go down some paths he shouldn't. So, but when he's at his best, man, he, he's 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 the real deal. He's a real deal. Very well said. When we come back, let's deal with and and I still think even uh, at this stage of the week, it, it the the emotion is still there. Um, the, the sadness of what happened with Tyler oh, Eifert. Oh, my God. It, it's just, I, and I want to get perspective from you as a as a player who, and, and moments in a game where somebody gets hurt, I I, I continue, I'll, I'll never forget the image, Rock, of, of, and I was at the game, but seeing the stretcher come out, but even the referees, as they were putting him on the cart, the referee, I saw referees walk over and, and kind of pat him on the shoulder pad and wish him the best of luck. Who's that? Uh, Tyler oh, Eifert. I, I, I'm sorry, okay, yeah, I left out yeah. Tyler Eifert, but... The, the emotion was felt by everybody in that place. It's it's impossible not to feel for Tyler Eifert. No, it, it isn't, and it's especially because the kind of dude he is. That's what makes yeah. it tough. We'll, yeah, we'll do that when we come back. He's Rocky Boyman. I'm Lance McAllister. It's the Roundtable Show. We're at the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati. It's presented by the Greater Cincinnati Ford Dealer, 645 on 700 WLW. Closing in on 7 o'clock on this Thursday night, the Roundtable Show is brought to you in part by Hawksworth Blood Centers. Hawksworth donors save lives. Who will you save? By the way, it's a uh, it's a uh, Bengals week, and if you donate in any of the Hawksworth uh, centers, I believe seven of them, you get a free Bengals uh, Hootay t-shirt, sweet t-shirt. Uh, do it before the week is up. You've got uh, tomorrow to do that. Also, the Roundtable Show brought to you in part by Yingling Lager. Spread your wings. Uh, here at the Roundtable Show on Thursday nights, the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill enjoy $12 Yingling Bucket Specials and 23-ounce Yinglings for four twenty-five. Rock, they are listening tonight to the show on the iHeartRadio app from the following points around the country and around the globe. Are you ready? Yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. Akron. Nice. And the Philippines. Really? They're listening in the Philippines tonight. Shout out to the Philippines. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. See, this, this show, it's gone global. Now I'm more clearly. nervous. Global. By the way, the cheese fries are the hit of the night tonight. They've ordered cheese fries and the two they big did. giant pretzels that are as big as manhole covers. That's a solid order right there. What? A couple beers are washing it down. She's mad at us or she's pointing at us. What what is she nachos? Oh, they she had nachos. Yeah. I thought the crowd was turning those on us. Those are nachos. Oh, those are nachos. What are you oh. looking at? 
Well, I don't, well, I'm distracted right. by the giant manhole covered pretzels. Every week, I they could be this. cheese fries if you don't get a proper angle. Either way, it's amazing. Yeah. But everybody's getting mad. She's getting mad, and she's like pointing a finger at me. Don't confuse the nachos or the cheese fries. Yeah, breaking into feel? a sweat here. <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, Tyler Eifert. Um, that moment on the field on Sunday, as soon as he was tackled, from my vantage point in the press box, and I think everybody saw, the way the body twisted, and as he hit the ground, he immediately slammed the ground with his hand, and it just it did not look right. And I just, for what he's been through, and Rock, I can't imagine putting in the time and effort of the rehab for the various things he's had injured. And the, I, I've talked to him before about that sense of, of detachment from the team and feeling yes, alone yes. because you spend so much time working on your body while everybody else is doing team stuff and to fight to come back and, th- and to play so well and to have that happen, it's, ju- it's just a crusher. It's, it's especially hard because he's a guy that, that does everything right. Yeah. And he's a good dude. You know, if he was a you know a a-hole or he, and didn't work his rehab and was out drinking all night, yeah. and people, you, no one would care. But he does the right thing. That's what makes it so sad for his teammates and his fans. And you're right about the, the detachment from the team. That is a sickening feeling. I, at one time in my career, my third year, I, I didn't know at the time it was a season-ending injury, but it turned out to be one. I tore my calf. And, and, and every week, I, I mean, you would talk about depressed because, you know, no one, no one talks to you. Honestly, no one cares. You know, you're you know, you're there rehabbing, but you're not really a part of the game plan. It's 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 absolutely miserable. You're probably fighting to say like hi to every coach so they don't forget about you. Yeah, and then they <laughs> kind of give the you know the token, hey Rock, how's it going? How's the rehab? But they could give a damn because yeah. they got stuff to worry about. So yeah, it's just you know, and then a lot of times, I mean, he he may not even see the team for a while because yeah. he, he'll go get the surgery, he'll go get the rehab, and it's just a it's a tough place. I, I mean, if there was. I mean, the most stressful thing I, I thought about pro football was the injury. You, you take that aspect out of it, piece of cake. But, yeah. like, you know, having the, the, the day-to-day nagging injuries and then, like, this, like a devastating season-ending injury, it's, it's very tough for these players. Dan, I think it was Dan Horde who, interviewing Gio after the game, uh, Gio broke down and was in tears talking about it. Take me to a moment in a game um, – Obviously, when that happens, it's devastating, and everybody watching it, I can't imagine what they feel. But you know, there, there's a after the the stoppage for the injury, you got to get going again. There's another play, there's another quarter, there's a game to finish. What's it like emotionally when you're a teammate watching that, and then having to kind of snap your fingers to get right back into what you were just doing? Yeah, I mean, a couple of standout. Uh, the first one wasn't a teammate, but it was a uh, a guy for the Jaguars. Uh, Nick Sorensen was his name, and he was kind of like. They're like special teams ace, yeah. right? And so he and I had some battles over the years. I was with when I was with the Titans, and I'll never forget. I run down on a kickoff. He broke his leg, and it oh. happened feet from me, and it sounded like a tree branch cracking. Oh. It was the worst. And then you know, and the same thing. But his teammates come over. I mean, even us as, as his opponents are like, God, man, like you know. And you sit there, you see the face of defeat. You see a guy that knows, but doesn't. Re- re- doesn't really know what what's ahead of him because yeah, in terms yeah. of the rehab and the loneliness and all that, um, you know, I saw uh, Booger McFarland go down in training camp, knee injury. You knew at the time. It's just like, damn, mm. man, it's just nothing you can do. I would think, and I'm no doctor, but it was a, a fractured ankle. I, this is just pure speculation. I assume he tries to come back from this. Um, I and so. I mean, it, it's not ligaments, I, I guess, as far as we know, but I, he. This is the last. It's a one-year deal, but 
I mean, we we know what he is when he that's that's we know what he is when he's healthy, and he was he was making an impact on this team. There's no question about it. I mean, are you asking is this his last game as a Bengal? I think that's a fair question. I think it is. I think it is, and that's what makes it so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I think he. Yeah, I think he comes back, and, and I think a team gives him a shot. Is It'll it, be is an it, incentive laden deal. Right, It'll exactly, be a base yeah. salary, minimum low deal. Salary. And, yeah. If you're on the roster for X number of games, you'll get this. And, and the good news is, every time he is healthy, he's super productive. I yep. mean, he, this year he was very, very productive. So that, that's the good news. Is he'll get another shot, and hell, maybe it's. Maybe he does need to just go to another team and kind of get the the demons. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, get leave them back here in Cincinnati for him. Uh, but you hope it works out well for him. Rock, let's take a look at your favorite segment each week. Uh, again, for every Kevin Huber punt down yes. inside the twenty yes. yard line, Everdry Waterproofing will make a charitable donation in Kevin's name. Everdry Waterproofing, they'll fix it permanently. Kevin had one punt inside the twenty yard line on Sunday. And while we're at it, let's take a look at the final look at last week's defensive player of the game. Brought to you by RDI Corporation. Let RDI help you grow and protect your business. We're going to tag team Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins after the punt block. Uh, they both came up with big plays. Dunlap the sack, Gino the tackle for loss that wound up uh, helping that, that the That was the play of the hold, game. Yes, to hold and not allow the, the touchdown yeah. and just put allow the uh, Falcons to put three on the board. Absolutely huge moment in that game. All right, I'm fired up. Uh, we're going to turn into the 7 o'clock hour. We're going to get into a piece. And i, I got to tell you, I'm very excited because you, you didn't just print out all the pages of this story. I see highlighted <laughs> stuff. Multiple pages of highlighted stuff. As shocking as maybe I actually work at my job, but but yes, this, I like this was the a very, fact that you, there's a lot of highlight. You, you not yes. only read it, look at you're crossing oh, this no, and crossing this. This is like eleven pages long too. So this <laughs> took a no, but this is a very very interesting article on the you know the, the the state of the NFL in terms of offense and the numbers and the style and the spread schemes and the college schemes coming into the the NFL and. Uh, it's, I guess the resistance to yes. it. And, it's yeah. titled The Scheme War is Over. We'll do that after we check news. Rocky Boyman, Lance McAllister, roundtable show from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati on 700 WLW. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit This is the Roundtable Show, presented by the Greater Cincinnati Ford Dealers, live from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park. Brought to you in part by Yingling Lager. Spread your wings. Stone Statements. Bring your dream kitchen to life. StoneStatements.com. Performance Kings Honda. They'll put a smile on your face. Every customer, every vehicle, every day. CullenElectricCincinnati.com. Cullen Electric. Wiring for today's world. Miami Valley Gaming. 
Get ready to get lucky at Miami Valley Gaming, the healthcare management group, providing greater care for greater Cincinnati. Mixco Plumbing. Don't go to the average Joe. Call Mixco. Skyline Chili. Feeling good. It's Skyline Time. Lycans Energy Solutions. Powered by Light. Belterra Park. One amazing place to play. And by the greater Cincinnati Ford dealers. Ford, go further. This is 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. And away we go, 706 on 700 WLW. It's the roundtable show. We're at the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati. Lance McAllister, Rocky Boyman. Uh, by the way, schedule ahead tonight. We've got an hour, then uh, Mo has a special edition of Sports Talk from 8 to 9. And then it is Gamble and Finn from 9 to midnight tonight. Gamble and Finn, 9 to midnight uh, tonight. So... Oh, and let me let me read one of our notes we get each week from our guy, guy Todd, and this one fits in perfectly with what we're about to talk about. Uh, hungry? Try Burger Brothers, winners of Best of the East, Best Burger, open seven days a week until 6 a.m. So the, the burger is on the scene. Rock, the, the very particular of the three individuals sitting here at the table, decided, I'm going to get Burger Brothers this week. And um, what was the name of that burger a year ago we had? And, and after my laptop was transported around the corner and down to Burger Brothers and shown to the chef, he replicated the exact specific burger that isn't even on the menu as we understand it at the moment, but he replicated the exact burger ingredient by ingredient from a year ago. Is that what I understand? Chef Tucker is the bomb. Oh. Belterra is the bomb. Look, they, they made this thing. We were, we were talking about it. I'm like, that thing, that burger, that we thing, couldn't really yeah. describe it. Look at that thing. It's Holy like a, It's like a BLT cow. burger. Oh, look at that. Man. I mean, yeah, take a good picture oh, of that. Take a good picture there of that. There you so, go. no, shout out to those guys, man. This is that is my, my, my night is made. It's a little things, man. This it is, is great. a little things. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's deal with um, something I, I read earlier in the week, and I immediately forwarded it to you because it's uh, right up our alley, as uh, uh, you would say. We've talked about this for the last couple of years, and, and this the simple concept is this. We've wondered why if – a college quarterback is doing so well running a spread offense. Why does the NFL consistently, in, in years leading up to this conversation, want to take that player out of that system and plug them into an NFL system and say, forget what you did there to have success. You must fit into what we are doing here. And it goes against every idea of putting a player in the best position to succeed. And, Rock, there seems to be a... A, a movement, a thawing, a uh, the headline says the scheme war is over. It would appear more and more in the NFL are wising up saying, instead of making them adjust to us, why don't we adjust to all the talent that is coming into our league? There, there's no question about it. And, and the biggest travesty of it was you can argue about the players you're getting, but, I mean, the spread offense is not just some scheme that's run in college or at a few colleges. Spread offense is run from Pop Warner yes. through high school yes. through college now. It just is, right? Because, you know, the game, you know, quarterbacks want to play in the scheme because they get to throw the ball. Wide receiver, and, and back in the when I was in high school, wide receivers might get two passes thrown to them, right? Yes. And guys are running the triple option, all this sort of stuff. So it's, it's everywhere. So why would you be hard-headed? Why would you be resistant? Why would you be... You know, so like pigeonhole yourself yes. as an offensive coach in the league and say, you know, we, we, we're, we're going to try to untrain like eight years, ten years of football out of you and make you do it our way. And, oh, by the way, you got to do that under 
very limited amount of practice time now yes. in the NFL. Yes. And two quotes jumped out of this piece. The former Arizona Cardinal coach, uh, head coach Bruce Arians, once said of spread quarterbacks, and I quote, spread quarterbacks ain't playing quarterback, and he questioned their leadership abilities. It's not going to work in our league. Tom Cable, uh, the, the, longtime, uh, the, the Raiders coach, longtime offensive line coach, said the spread was a, his words, huge disservice to college players. And, and I, I think this, this uh, paragraph was very telling from the ringer. The NFL hopelessly bumbled around with a generation of quarterbacks over the past decade Part of the reason that so few of the league's best quarterbacks are in their late 20s is that the NFL had no idea what to do with spread quarterbacks. And you have a decade, a a, a pile of rubble of guys who probably could have, may have been something, but were either cast aside or put in a position to fail because they were forced into the NFL's way of doing things. And as they point out, the league wanted to make everybody like Peyton Manning, and not everybody can be Peyton Manning. No, and, and they've not grown up in that style. And it's just, and, and, and what I think was, was telling, too, is, you know, it's how the, the article pointed out, a lot of it's about job security. It's yep. like these older coaches didn't want, they wanted to be resistant to it because they wanted to kind of keep their, you, you know, keep their, their jobs. The other thing, too, is this. I mean, how many years, and it's, it's lessening up now, obviously, but did we hear, oh, this guy, he can, he can, he's a great quarterback in college, but can he play that way in the pros? Cam Newton, can he adjust, can he become that pocket passer? Well, finally, <laughs> the Sean McVays of the world and the Andy Reeds of the world said, well, why make them adjust? How about we just make them do what they're doing and, you know, maybe throw in a few more concepts that you know, apply to our game? But instead of trying to totally change Patrick Mahomes, yep. let Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes. Yes, let He's Baker Mayfield be Baker, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and you wonder, what well, God, this guy just can't get it. Well, and it must be him. No, it's people are who they are in life. You can't really change that and expect them to totally adapt and become someone else. Either take what they are and set them up to succeed or don't pick them, yep. period. Well, and we're now, the league is now riding the wave. And as we, we talked about the dinosaurs and this line from the offensive coordinator of the Dolphins, he said, I think a lot of coaches who coached for 25 or 30 years are getting towards the twilight of their career. The coaches who definitely didn't grow up with the modern offensive concepts are now, they're, they're, the older guys are going to age out and the new wave, the McVeigh's, that's going to become the complete and total way of the NFL. It's going, and nothing's going to stop it because it's it's success. The rules dictate the uh, the offense is going to rule. This is what football is going to be. And as those dinosaurs fade away, it'll be completely controlled by the McVeighs and the bright young minds. What, what did we say? Talk about earlier, adapt or die. Yep. Right? You can't do the same. You can't approach a radio broadcast now nope. the same as you did ten years ago, or certainly twenty years ago. So. The, the ones that can adapt are the ones that are still have Bill Belichick. Look at the Patriots yep. offense. I mean, okay, he's not Brady's not running a zone read, but it's a shotgun deal. The ball's coming out of his hand quick. There's lots of jet motion. There's lots of bubble screens. There's lots of one steps. It's it, it's it's just crazy. You're getting wide receivers that are coming out of college with that skill set. Why make them run some complicated route tree when they're they're probably not going to be able to do it? Lincoln Riley made a point in the piece that with younger coaches today and the technology, the capabilities, he said his coaches, when they're watching film or they're, they're, they're out recruiting, they'll see a play, they'll record it on their phone, even off their laptop, and they'll send it on the group chat to all the other coaches on the team, and they'll say, 
hey, we can do something with this play. And, and, and compared to the way it was in the 70s and 80s and 90s and how, how tough it was to just study tape, now in a, in a moment you're flipping it on your phone and you're putting it into the group chat and everybody's saying, we can do something with that play on our team. Literally, and, and that was the other hidden facet of this article that I found, I found fascinating because you're right. I mean, go back to when I was in high school, which was, you know, 97. It's not like it was that long ago, but tape was on VHS. So, you know, if you're a college coach, you're like, well, that say next play they ran is pretty, you know, okay, you got to get a mailed VHS tape to you. No, but because of technology, ideas can be transferred back and forth. A, a high school coach can watch a game on an NFL Sunday, a, an offensive scheme that uh, Sean McVay runs, and record it on his phone and send it to his, his coordinator and say, hey, man, we should yep. try this. In the same way, you know, uh, Andy Reid can be at a, uh, whatever, his kids or his yes. nephew's high school yes. game and be like, well, that's a good scheme. Boom, take a picture, send a little diagram. And so the information, the sharing of information is going back and forth from all levels, and I think it's cool. I love the line from uh, the Ravens, Matt Weiss, is the wide receivers coach. He also has the title football strategy coordinator. I love that. And he's you, in, you should be a football I strategy should be. coordinator. I think I'd be good at that. Yes. He's in charge of finding new plays. And he will. He, great he, he's seen plays nice. run by North Dakota State and South Dakota and Montana, and he sends them to Marty Morningweg, Marty Morningweg, the the Ravens' offensive coordinator, and they get together and they talk about plays from these small schools because his job is going out and finding creative plays and it, it stealing them from a small school. We can do something with this. I love that. And think about it as a defensive coordinator. Now you're like, my God, yes. these guys are brainstorming yes. and they're. They're getting ideas and they're showing new wrinkles every week. It's not the same schemes, the same pay, you know. There's a lot of it's the you know will be the same from game one to game sixteen. But there's little wrinkles, there's little things because they they're constantly educating themselves. Yes. They're constantly adding new plays to the repertoire, and it's it's really cool. It, it sounds this sounds so simple, but it's so true. And Doug Peterson of the Eagles said it. In high school, and he's a former high school coach, he said it's a very simplistic style of coaching because it has to be simple for high school players. And, and, and he says in this piece why it took so long for the NFL to figure out, especially with the restrictions on the time you have coaching them. He says it took us too long to understand we should be doing it the way the high schools do. we got to keep it simple. The time is so... So scrunched in, in the opportunities, we can't complicate it. We got to exactly. if you want to say dumb it down, dumb it down. We got to make it simple because if it's simple, your mind can process it, and boom, you're doing it instead of thinking about yeah, but, it. But as as a fan or even as a player, simple allows you to play fast. Yes, simple allows you to just like what do we want to say? Why do we watch a game? I mean, most people, I would say, there's less people watching a game because they want to see how the scheme. They want to see great athletes, great players make yep. great plays. And how do you make great plays when you're not thinking out there, when you're just using your God-given ability and the coach sets you up in a way and you go about and do it there? And I think that's what's happening. What will be interesting now, and you, you know how the league is, there's uh, something happens, there's a reaction to it. Um, the, the, the Bears uh, defense back in the right. 80s, everybody, how, boy, how are we going to figure out the Bears? What do you do with that Bears defense? Or what do you do with this? There will, there will come a point where, and, and I would imagine it's got to keep defensive coordinators up at night now trying to figure out, how do, how do we deal with all this? Eventually, there will be an answer, and then it will be interesting to see what the response is it's, from the offense. It's the thing I, I most love about the game of football, is seeing it evolve and seeing the chess match go back and forth. You're right. At some point, 
defenses are going to become more cognizant and on how to approach these sort of schemes, and they're going to get less um, less used to you know again you know going through route trees and yes. all that, and then boom, some offense is going to come with that. It's going to be more complex, and they're going to have they're going to just happen to get that once every 20-year quarterback. That, it's like a Peyton Manning that yep. can process that information like that, and they're going to unleash it. And then, and then the defense will have to counterpunch back, and that's that's what's fun about football. And, Rock, also, think of it, the the old way of thinking, the, the older offensive or head coaches and coordinators. Think of, think of how limited the, they made the talent pool coming out of college. Think of the number of guys they would have looked at in scouting and crossed off a list saying, he's not going to fit in our system, he's not going to fit in our system, he's not going to. And, and now it just opens up to the the available talent to, to pick and choose from. It's, you know, we, we talked about offensive linemen and how hard it is to judge. Well, if, you cha- if you're changing into the, the spread offense, it, it's easier because you're, you, the offensive linemen who are using the spread in college, you're going to use in the, in the NFL to use the spread now. Right, yeah, of course. And the quarterback is used to playing yes. behind, yeah. behind that kind yes. of scheme. Now, I, again, I think there's still certain, not every spread quarterback is going to be able to come in the NFL. You right. still got, I mean, look at Mahomes' arm is unbelievable. No question. He's still six foot three. He can still run. Uh, you know, so there's still some certain characteristics that a quarterback has to have pro style characteristics, but, Set them. Set your players up for success. I, I think that's the simplest way to say it. When we come back, I want to ask. Uh, I want you played against Drew Brees. I, I think. Um, I, I think most people, if they looked at Drew Brees' numbers for his career, would say, "Holy crap, he's done that. He yeah. ranks that high." It's an amazing story. You played against him. I want to get into a little bit of Drew Brees and uh, talk a little bit on the Dolphins as well. Frank Gore still uh, Jeez, kicking. Thirty-five-year-old running back. 35. Unbelievable. We'll do that as we roll on. Rocky Boyman, Lance McAllister. This show is presented by the Greater Cincinnati Ford Dealers. It's the Roundtable Show from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati. And we are broadcasting from the acute hearing, crystal clear broadcast area on 700 WLW. 722 on 700 WLW. It's the Roundtable Show from Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati. Roundtable Show brought to you in part by Hawksworth Blood Centers. Hawksworth donors save lives. Who will you save? And Yingling Lager. Spread your wings. Uh, 8 o'clock tonight, Mo is in with uh, Sports Talk from 8 to 9 and then Gamble and Finn from 9 uh, to midnight. Uh, let's take a look before we uh, forget. Let's take a look at last week's Reliable Player of the Game brought to you by Reliable Products and Services. Everything your office needs and more at rpsohio.com. We'll go with Tyler Boyd, Mr. Reliable. 11 catches for 100 yards, a touchdown and two fourth quarter or fourth down catches in uh, Sunday's win against the Falcons. All right, um, so Drew Brees is uh, is on the verge of, of multiple records. He, I'm, I'm looking for the exact numbers here to be specific. He's going to, with 201 yards passing on Monday night, will become the NFL's all-time leading passer. Th- think about that. Um, yeah, say that again. He, <laughs> with That's what I said. With 201 yards passing, he's going to become the NFL's all-time leading passer. That's unbelievable. And I mean, I, I mean, it's not it's not unbelievable if you if you watch the guy and you've seen his journey from college, but but still, it's like I mean, that's we're talking the best ever to play yes. the game kind of yes. conversation. And, and and Rock Drew Brees is six foot two hundred, listed at two hundred and thirteen pounds. He's not a big quarterback. He's not a strong arm quarterback. Coming out of high school, he had two offers for Division One. He had Purdue and he had Kentucky, and he chose Purdue 
played for Joe Tiller and the, the basketball and offense grass. Oh, you yeah. played against him when you were at Notre Dame, correct? I did, yeah, absolutely. And, and it was, you want to talk about someone who was doing the the spread before the spread was cool. That's exactly what it was. It was I mean, I remember being, we played them my junior year at Notre Dame, and it was, like, hot. I mean, it was, like, <laughs> smoking hot, over 100 degrees on the field. And, and remember rushing, rush, rushing, I'm rushing after the quarterback, and just you could never touch him. You could hardly breathe on him because the ball was out every time, and he was just like, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts, and then boom, and then he'd, he'd throw one deep on you. It was, he could just read the field so well. He felt, the, you know, the pressure in the pocket so well, and, and that's why the guy's been playing forever. Ruck, he has 496 career touchdowns. 496. <laughs> And here's what a couple of things amaze me in, in looking up stuff on Breeze today. He was a second-round pick in 2001. The first quarterback taken that year was Michael Vick, number one. Drew Breeze was the next quarterback taken. He wasn't taken until 32nd. So there weren't many. It wasn't a good quarterback draft overall. That was the year Jesse Palmer came out, Chris Winkie came out. How about this? Drew Brees is the only player left from the 2001 NFL draft. There's nobody else left in that draft. He's the only one. No, no still, quarterback. Still play, no, nobody, no player at all from that draft. He's the only one left from that draft. Well, Think so about that. That was a year before I got drafted. Wow, the only one left. How about that? In 2002, his rookie season, he beat out Doug Flutie for the job. That's how long he's been around. Doug Flutie was quarterbacking in Drew Brees' rookie season. Yeah. Um, by 2003, the Chargers started 1-7. Flutie replaced him for a time. The Chargers used the first pick in the following year's draft to take Eli Manning. Eli refused to play. They traded him to San Diego. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. The uh, 2004 season, Chargers start slow with Drew Brees. Marty uh, Schottenheimer told him, I I got you on a short leash here. You're one drive away from being replaced by Philip Rivers if you don't get it done here. Drew Brees gets it done. He goes to the Pro Bowl. He injured his shoulder in 2005, tore the labrum. Right. He becomes a free agent after that season. The Miami Dolphins were going to sign him, but the Dolphins' doctor said, torn labrum, we give him a 25% chance of coming out of this and being a quality NFL quarterback. The Dolphins bailed on him. The Saints said, we're going to sign you, and the rest, they say, is history. history. How about that? That's unbelievable. I I know that story, but you telling it is captivating. And and how about the fact, not only the Dolphins said, ah, the medicals aren't good, we're going to pass, they instead got Dante Culpepper. And they haven't had a quarterback really since Dan Marino. Yeah. And think of, I mean, Breeze goes to New Orleans. He becomes the face of the franchise. He He's a big player in the whole revival of the city through Hurricane Katrina. Him and his family were involved in the community at that point. They they win a Super Bowl with him. It's just everything is I mean, he, He's got to look back on that. And, I mean, at that particular moment, as the Dolphins say, no, I mean, he's like thinking, my, my career's over. This is the worst ever. Yes. This is the worst, single worst day of my career, worst week, whatever. To look back now and to see how no way could he or anyone imagine, no. like you said, face the franchise, bringing them back from the hurricane, winning a Super Bowl, and, and being a couple hundred yards away from the most in history. I mean, good. And, and you know, uh, an un- with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Unbelievable guy, too. I mean, I've met him, talked to him a few times. Just a, a really class sack guy, so couldn't happen to a better person. Rock, I, I'm looking at his 496 touchdowns. Peyton Manning is number one all-time. Brett Favre is number two all-time. Tom Brady is number three. And then Drew Brees sits at four. Drew's only one behind Brady. But Drew, if he plays the rest of this season, plays another year, he and he's got competition with Brady. But they're going to pass Manning and, and Favre for a touchdown pass. This is Drew Brees at six foot tall with, without a gun for an arm who had two college scholarships to play Division One football. That's the company he's in. So he has, what, 43 to get to Manning? Yes, how about that? That could happen. I mean, what the yes. way offense is now, yeah, I mean, absolutely. He, he could play another two years because you can't breathe on the quarterback anymore. So he, he'll get that. It's just I, I and the, I'm going to pull up the yards here. Oh, just one, one more before we check news at the bottom here. Yeah, yards. He um, he's sitting at sixty-seven thousand. That was to, to begin this year, seventy-one thousand to begin the season. So he's going to pass Peyton Manning on Monday night for the most passing yards in the history of the NFL. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I just love that Six story. Foot tall. And, and a guy who, if you looked at him, you'd say he's not going to lead the NFL in the, the history of the NFL in, in passing no, yards. No way. He's not, he's, not he's, the best. he's not tall enough. He doesn't have a bazooka. He'll never last in the league. Can't see over the line. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do this. Uh, we'll get a check on news. I, I do want, before we run out of time, we're, we'll travel Rockies Roads, uh, Rockies Road yeah. at 750. But I want to ask you your thought on what transpired with Jumbo Fisher because I'm struck Rock Jimbo. by or Jimbo Fisher. Um, I'm struck by the reaction from NFL players to what he did versus the reaction from almost everybody else to what he did. I want your reaction to what he did let's as we continue. Yeah. All right, let's check news. Bottom of the hour, he's Rocky Boyman. I'm Lance McAllister. From the acute hearing crystal clear broadcast area, this is the Roundtable Show from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati. All presented by your Greater Cincinnati Ford dealers on 700 WLW. Take a look at the odds for this week's games. Presented by Rising Star Casino and Resort. Play, stay, and get away at Rising Star Casino and Resort in Rising Sun, Indiana. Tonight, Patriots and the Colts. Patriots are a 10-point favorite. I saw 10.5 on a couple of lines, uh, but 10 uh, just a few minutes ago in uh, Foxborough. The Bengals are a 6.5-point favorite at Paul Brown Stadium against the Dolphins. Browns play in Baltimore and are getting three. The Steelers are at home to the Falcons. Steelers a three-point favorite. Lance McAllister, Rocky Boyman. The Roundtable Show is presented by the Greater Cincinnati Ford Dealers. We do it from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati, where um, there there are now calls, Rock, for Burger Brothers to rename that the Boyman Burger. Boyman Burger, yes. Keep it on I, the menu full I, time. I, I think it needs to go there. Are, are you? A, I'm curious. Are you able to name everything that was on that? What? It, bur, there's bacon. Did I see bacon? Yeah, there's bacon on it. There's like a uh, like a lime sort of. Yes, uh, that's oh, sauce. that's it. Yes, that was the secret ingredient. Yeah. Oh, now it's lettuce, all tomato, to me. Oh, a bit turkey. Burger, yes, some, some sort oh, of cheese situation. Yeah. By the way, they're listening on the iHeartRadio app in Greenfield, Indiana, and they're listening in San Juan, Puerto Rico. 
Puerto that? Rico and Thailand? Yes. Uh, no, Philippines. 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 Yeah, Philippines. Sorry. yeah uh, global show. Love Glo- it. The, the country cannot hold us. We're branching out all over. Love it. It is the uh, roundtable show. Uh, quickly, I forgot in the last segment, uh, the respect for Frank Gore. Uh, Dolphins note here. Bengals played Frank Gore and the Dolphins this weekend. Frank Gore is 35, and on Sunday, Rock will be making his 113th consecutive start as an NFL running back. Uh, just, just, I mean, <laughs> not, not to, you know, but, but compare that, a running back, his position, getting hit every play, compare that to, I mean, Eifert, right? Yes. I mean, just, I mean, yes. it's not Eifert's fault, but it's, just, I mean, it's just amazing that that guy can play running back where he's getting hit every single play, especially bucking the trend of throughout history, a running back gets to age 29, yep. 30, boom, fall off the cliff. And this guy's still going, man. I mean, credit to him. Awesome. He was a third-round pick in 2005. To give you perspective, the Bengals drafted David Pollock in Frank Gore's rookie season. Wow. Adam Jones was taken by the Titans there you go. in Frank Gore's rookie season, and he's still playing. I just... Good for him, man. That's great. He, uh, he is also fourth all-time on the NFL rushing list behind Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. He is fifth all-time in carries, and he is seventh all-time in yards from scratch. And, and, like, I mean, for him to be like that, I mean, the quietest yes. running back ever, right? In terms of, like, no one, everyone talks about Marshawn Lynch and, you know, yes. whatever. Most but, people, if we quiz people here tonight and said, name the top four uh, NFL rushers all-time, they would. They. I'm. I'm guessing they could come up with Emmett Smith and Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. I. I wonder how many people would pay, put Frank Gore. No, at you. You guessed four ten names. Where you yes. guessed Thurman Thomas. Yes, you absolutely. Guess, um, I, I, there are all kinds of guys you guessed yeah. before then. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I'm interested in your perspective as a former player uh, about what happened on Saturday. Texas A&M versus Arkansas. Texas A&M is leading in the third quarter. There's a punt. Uh, there's a tackle made in the exchange for, uh, of units off the field and on the field. There's a little brouhaha that develops. Players are jawing back and forth. And one of the Texas A&M linebackers, Tyrell Dodson, was jawing with an Arkansas player. And the coaches came on the field to separate the players. And Jimbo Fisher, the head coach at Texas A&M, runs onto the field and grabs the face mask of his player, Tyrell Dodson, and kind of shakes it up and down and, like, stop that, I need, and, 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 and chastises him, basically sending him the message, I need you in this game, don't get a penalty, stop this nonsense. And from that came the debate of, was Jimbo Fisher, is, it, is that okay, is it crossing the line? Jimbo Fisher explained on Monday's press conference or after the game, he was just trying to send a message to his player that he needed him. He couldn't tolerate that type of nonsense. Some have said he should be, head coach should be suspended. Some have said Jimbo Fisher should be fired. You can't put your hands on a player like that. Um, Others have said, what what are we doing here? Is the game devolved to the point where this is no longer, what's the big deal? He He was telling a player to knock it off, and back in the day that was acceptable. Here's what caught my eye, Rock. Current NFL players, Chris Long, Eagles defensive end. that guy. Said, and I quote, garbage. Benjamin Watson, Saints tight end, should be suspended. Andrew Whitworth agreed, should be suspended. As a former NFL player, Rock, and now a commentator of college football games, what do you make of Jimbo Fisher going onto the field to grab the face mask and yank up and down of his player? 100% fine with it. Now, now, had it been, and, and I, I wonder if the amount of NFL players who are so 
loving hearing their own voice these days with social media and are less about, you know, team and minding their own damn business. I, I wonder how many of them know the, the reason why he did it. Now, had, had a guy given up a, a defensive back, had given up a touchdown, right, blew a coverage, mm-hmm. given him a touchdown, he comes to the sideline, Jimbo Fisher grabs his face mask and shakes it, 100% not acceptable. But he is, he is sending a message to a player to stop doing something stupid, which okay. is get in a fight, get in an altercation, get, do something that's going to cost our team, do something that's going to cost the rest of your teammates here. I'm fine because of the scenario of it. Had it been a yelling thing or you didn't do your job or you didn't do this, of course not. I, th- I think we've moved past that, but because of how it is, I'm fine with it. What say you? First of all, that act, tell me true or false, that act of what he did is a flag during the game, correct? That's a flag, grabbing the face mask. That's a personal foul. Well, is, yeah. it, is it or is it I, not? I guess if a, if okay. a, a player grabs another yes. player, yes. Okay. Are you going to draw a comparison is here? There, no, I, I just <laughs> wanted to see how you react to that. Um, is there a better way? I would, I would argue this: the the whole fine him, suspend him. That's dumb. That that's out out over the skis. Just reel it back in. I would have, I would have not had a problem if if Jimbo had come out on Monday and said, you know, in hindsight, watching that, that's the optics of that. I can, I can be a better coach. I should be a better coach than that. There's a better way to deliver my message than yanking my player's face mask. I think that would have been understandable from my standpoint. What, did he double down on it? He did double down on it and, and said, um, I was trying to deliver a message to him, and I needed my player, and at no point did he apologize or say that's not a good look. I don't. I think there's a better way to deliver the message. If you're asking for discipline out of your players, then how much discipline is there if the coach runs on the field and grabs the player by the face mask and yanks it up and down? But but isn't the point of Jimbo's action to send a message and get inside that kid's head to never, ever, ever do that again and realize how abundantly stupid that is? I understand that. If I would argue if Jimbo had been had done a better job of enforcing that message as part of his coaching, it shouldn't have had to have come to that. I think the ends justified the means. I, I think I, I think he's of course, in a perfect world, in a cuddly world we like of, of timeout and stuff like that, should should he maybe have done a better thing? Yes. But I think that kid never again does that again because he's embarrassed. He's and the shock value of him grabbing that yeah. face mask, yeah. I think. And again, I, I look. I, I'm not going to the polar. I'm not going to the opposite side of you. I'm not saying fine suspension, any of that. I just, I, I would have liked if Jimbo had thought about it and said, you know, that's that's tough to look at. I, the optics of that, I, I should do a better job of coaching to make my players understand and develop a discipline that doesn't lead to something like that. That's no, no, all. I'm not going over the top on it. No, I know yeah. you're not. Yeah, not, oh, no, 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 I know. I'm not saying you're still cool. Yeah. Oh, I know no, we're, we're cool. still. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not throwing my headset or anything. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. You know, look back on that situation. Lance happened what two years ago. You threw in your headset and anger and disgust. I don't remember it that way. Could, could you have handled that situation better? I don't Go. remember that situation at all. I think we're late for a timeout. He's Rocky Boy, but I'm Lance McAllister. It's the roundtable show from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati. We got to travel Rocky's Road as we continue on 700 WLW. Seven fifty-one on seven hundred WLW. It's the roundtable show from the 
Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park. Enjoy all NFL games and Saturday games with Miller Light and Coors Light Bucket and Tower specials. Enjoy food specials including buffalo chicken, first down fries topped with cheddar cheese curds and a savory brown gravy, loaded pig skins and the touchdown sampler that includes boneless wings, jalapeno poppers and spinach dip. Doesn't get any better than that. By the way, while I'm thinking of it, a shout out. I was uh, passed along this information. Congratulations to uh, Gracie Acuff. She's from uh, my neck of the woods in Independence. She is a uh, senior basketball player at Community Christian Academy in Independence, and she signed today to play basketball at Ohio Christian University, and I said I'd give her a shout-out tonight, so I've done that. Congrats to uh, her, her parents, Jay and Krista, and her coaches, uh, Dale Robbins and Jay Acuff. Uh, congrats on uh, Gracie's career, and best of luck going forward. All right, uh, let's see. Rock, I had something of note of great significance and I don't remember what it was. Oh, well, let's do it before before I get to that. Let's go down Rocky's Road. Yeah. Uh, take us back to last week where you were. You had uh, Louisville last week because yeah. Casey, my, my son, drove down to Louisville and was hanging out with a friend of his, and they went to the game. Tell me about oh, the experience the with the cool. Louisville Cardinals. Um, Louisville is not a good football team right now. Yikes. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough. It's amazing that they're you, know, you get Lamar Jackson for three years, right? How do you not recruit? With a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, how do you not recruit another quarterback of at least somewhat that level? Yes. And, and right now, Juwan Pass, unfortunately, just is not, you know, is not up to snuff right now. They got a freshman I think they like. We may see him here this week. But both teams not great right now. Florida State under under Willie Taggart, still trying to adjust to kind of a spread scheme, but it's not really like a RPO down yeah, the field yeah. spread scheme. They're, they're kind of they're, that's interesting because they've been. Jimbo Fisher was a pro-style guy, and DeAndre Francois on the line. So now they're trying to, like, go the other way. Most teams are trying to go from a spread to a pro. They're trying to flip it around the other, and Good they're really struggling. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Florida State got the win. This week, Lance, um, uh, Clemson at Wake Forest. Oh, I should tweet out a picture of you wearing a Clemson T-shirt to see how that, Wake Forest fans. I, think I didn't of you. even. I know. I did not even think about that. So thanks for for pointing that out. Um, when I grabbed the first shirt, I could. See this morning as the closet was dark. Um, no, I mean Clemson. Obviously, the story there is uh, Trevor Lawrence. He was named the starter yeah. last week. He got dinged up. Chase Bryce comes in, and I mean, unbel- I mean, play that of was the a year. Win. Play of the year. Fourth and yep. six. You know, fit that ball in the way he did. Um, so yeah, we'll get a chance. Uh, but Lawrence is back. We'll get a chance to see him. He's, uh, I mean, he's a true, true talent. You, you can when you watch him play, you can see how. The reason Jimbo made the switch to him, or not Jimbo, excuse me, Dabo, made the switch to him because he's he's legit. He's a real deal. You were riding horses at Keeneland the week before as part of the Kentucky uh, game broadcast. I did not see what was your involvement. I was on the Louisville, Louisville. Bell. I was on, I was a, a oh. boat, a steamboat. Oh, I remember. Captain. I did see that. You yeah. you had video of that. Steamboat yeah. captain. Right. Yeah. So, Any, uh, anything in the works that you can uh, clue us in on this week? Or no, is it top no, secret. N- nothing um, off the field. Uh, kind right. of uh, okay. Related, but uh, I got a good demo I'm gonna do on like uh, how RPO, like, basically, oh, yeah. How okay. yeah, good look. Oh. Yeah. How oh. Sam Hartman, Wake Forest quarterback, how kind of how he operates is pretty unique. All right, um, but yeah, should be should be good. While one. we're on the college note, I saw this today, and, and I I can't even believe it's a thing, and I don't think I passed this along to you, but Randy Edsel is the UConn coach. Yes, USA Today tweeted a graphic today. He has set up his contract. For incentives. Now, get these incentives. Now, this is a college coach. Now, the athletes aren't paid today, Rock, but the coach gets the following incentives that he negotiated. 
if his team scores first in a game, he gets $2,000. What? I'm not kidding you. If his team is leading at halftime, he gets $2,000. If the season points per game, they wind up scoring between 30 to 34 points per game this season, he gets $25,000. If his team leads the game in turnover margin, he gets $2,000. If his team leads the game in sacks, they have more sacks than the other team, he gets $2,000. Have you ever heard? Never. I get incentive bonuses, and coaches do it all the time. Have you ever heard of game incentives like that for a coach? Not in a million years. And, and some of those, I, I think, are... I, I, I think they're they're in conflict to winning sometimes. So if you, if you get two thousand bucks for if your offense scores first mm-hmm. in a game where maybe it makes sense for you to defer the opening kick to the third quarter, are you not incentivized to now? Well, well I think it makes sense for our team to win to put our defense out there first. But that two thousand bucks, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's very. He gets ten thousand for each win. That I understand. Mm-hmm. Wins mm-hmm. and your your offense is in the top twenty five. Defense top twenty five. Yeah, but some some of those that the ta- is there a tackles for loss one? Too? There is yeah tackle for loss margin. I guess if they have more tackles for loss than the uh, the opponent in the same game, they get two thousand dollars. Are you sure? I mean, this, I mean, yes, I believe you. I, but this, I mean, this, this is, is USA Today released the salaries of every college football coach. And and through the, uh, the the public records, I guess, like I, I can, I've got a printout of every incentive Luke Fickle has, but I can tell you, I've never seen incentives down to points per possession, turnover margin, total offense, scoring for leading at halftime. If he leads at halftime, he gets two thousand dollars. I just, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, if I'm the if I'm like going in for a score, like running down the sidelines, I might like turn to him, hey coach, if I go in, we're going to lead at halftime. How about you split that two thousand dollar bonus with me? Seriously, <laughs> and don't think that sort of stuff isn't going on with some of the other coaches, right? Yeah, and, and yet we can't pay the the athletes who perform. Yet we can pay the the, the coach. The, the bonuses for the sacks I, 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 by his defensive play. See, you found it. I'm not making it up. I'm going to tweet, retweet this and blast it, I think. And uh, one final note, and I, I should have mentioned this earlier and I forgot about it, and I think I tweeted this out and you saw it. But, Rock, this blows me away. Uh, there is a, a note in the Bengals game notes this week that indicates the team in the NFL right now with the most, how do I want to say this, which team in the NFL drafted the most players currently on NFL rosters? Which team right now has the most players throughout the league that were drafted by them? I think a smart money would say uh, the Patriots. That would be a smart guess. You know who it is? The Cincinnati Your Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. 57 Bengals draft picks are in the NFL right now, more than any team in the league. In fact, second on the list, it's a tie. Baltimore, New England, San Francisco, and Seattle are second with 44. So the Bengals have 13 more players in the league than anybody else in the league that that were drafted by their organization. That blows me away. That is a great stat. It's a great, I mean, obviously a compliment to the the scouting staff. Everyone says the Bengals stay, the kids, they suck, they can't. 57 former draft picks. I mean, they're they're picking guys that that clearly belong in the league. No question. No question. Now, I guess the argument would be, well, they've had a lot of compensatory picks, so they've had more picks than some teams still. Hey, all I know is 57 guys they looked at and said, 
their NFL players, we're going to draft them, and they're within the league right now. And it's 13 better than anybody else. You're all worked up about I this. Uh, I knew. I'm going to blast this out, and I'm going <laughs> to get ready for the hatred to come my way. All right, we got to get out of here. By the way, congratulations to the staff here tonight at at, uh, at the Stadium Club. This place was was slammed. It still is a madhouse, yeah. and it was efficient, and it was uh, it was effective, and 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 I we got our food on time. So, <laughs> and that's first and foremost. Our food was delivered. Yeah, exactly. on time. <laughs> I don't care about. <laughs> I'm kidding. Congrats to everybody here. Uh, it was a fantastic night. We got to get out of here. Uh, Mo has sports talk from eight to nine. Gamble and Finn will go nine to midnight. We'll catch you next week. This has been the roundtable show from the Stadium Sports Bar and Grill at Belterra Park, Cincinnati, from the acute hearing, crystal clear broadcast area, rock, and presented by the Greater Cincinnati Ford Dealers on seven hundred WLW. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.